Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Blog Talk Radio. I don't know what you had in mind, but here we stand on opposing sides. Let's go to war. Let's go to war! is War Wrestling Authority Radio with your host, Chaotic Katie, the voice, Paul Eubanks, the Dean of Wrestling Referees, Steve Kane, and Sadistic Sean David. Lock and load, wrestling fans. It's time for War. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another loaded edition of Wrestling Authority Radio. This is War, live inside the ER. I am Sadistic Sean David. Chaotic Katie has the night off. And who do I have with me tonight? Who, who, who? Back for one night. Well, the first of three nights. Before he goes back into surgery, the Dean of Wrestling Referees, Steve Kane. Yay! Uh, Katie has the night off. She's dealing with some family stuff. She will be back with us next week. Uh, So we'll get right into it. Uh, Next week, uh, Steve and I got a message uh, from a comedian that is going to be outing a local Chicagoland promoter after an incident that I find disgraceful. Yeah, um, absolutely. Um, she'll get into more of that on Tuesday night in our special Tuesday night turmoil. It'll be Tuesday night at 9 o'clock Central Standard Time right back here inside the ER. And you are going to hear from comedian Ali Dar Sky. Yep. So, and believe the, me, I've, I've read the... I've read the uh, I've read the messages, and um, it's it's not it's not pretty. It is not pretty, folks. Nope. Uh, so we'll be so. getting into that Tuesday night and digging into all of that, and then Wednesday night we will have a whole lineup of Glow Girls that Steve Kane is finally back to tell us all about. Yes. Yes. And folks, we have definitely got a loaded lineup for that. Uh, we will have uh, for uh, the second time that uh, she's been on. Uh, 
Shiro Rusa, a.k.a. Lightning. And then for the first time, we will have Lily Crabtree, who was the second person to don the gimmick of Corporal Kelly. Annette Marquin, who was uh, known as Jungle Woman. And Nadine Kadmiri, who was the little rich girl, Ashley Cartier. So this is going to be a lot of fun. I'm, I, can't, I cannot wait to you know, be able to sit around and talk to, talk to all of these girls. Um, so that is our recent upcoming schedule. As I announced last night, we have somebody that is uh, talking to Kevin Sullivan for us, and that will be, be right. uh, getting scheduled as soon as he's <laughs> got the availability to do it. Um, we've right. been talking to some other guests that were on in the first couple of years of this program that we're reaching back out to, uh, like Glacier, and like Rich Swan, and, some, and others. And right, and we're getting and we're getting some new people uh, from uh, from some other promotions. We're uh, going to uh, uh, West Coast Wrestling Connection, which is. Um, from a, a lot of our friends from the old days of Paragon Pro Wrestling, and all, and also to um, our friends at Hood Slam out in Cal out in Oakland, California, and yeah. uh, we have we have one of their tag teams that is uh, definitely um, going to come on. Uh, we just I have just not set a date with them. Um, I kind of, yes, I'm a little selfish. I want to set up these things for after, after I return from surgery. So it'll be a few, it'll be a few weeks. Uh, Steve Kane will be back with us permanently slated to be with us uh, for Tuesday night turmoil, August 7th. It will depend on how he's feeling. That will give him two weeks, uh, about two weeks of recovery time there after his next surgery. Right. So if he's Which, not feeling well, seventh and eighth, he will be back for sure the fourteenth and fifteenth of August, full time. Right, right. So yeah. and if, um, you know, and and if the second and if the second one goes as well as the first one did, you know, the the two weeks should be should be all I needed. I you know I wasn't sure the first time. Which is why I slated to take as much time off as I did. I'm actually it's actually a good thing though that I did have the surgery, folks. Let me, if uh, Sean, if you don't mind my taking a little uh, time out of here. No, we got this. time here. But we got time. But uh, um, I definitely would encourage you if you are having any sort of vision problem. I mean, you should always you should be getting your eyes checked every year anyway. Okay, it had been a few years since I had had mine done, and I just and it was because of something that I had noticed was the reason that I finally broke down and spent the money to get the uh, first get the eye exam, and that's when we noticed that uh, there was definitely an issue. And so the optometrist sent me to an ophthalmologist and that was when the determination was made that yes, you have cataracts, we've got to get this taken care of. So, um, 
So, you know, back on the 27th was when I had the first surgery done. And I'll tell you what, it was, it was a good thing because I found out from um, my surgeon, my ophthalmologist who did the surgery, that, A, these cataracts had been building up for about five, six years. And, B, I had the cataract in the right eye of what he would have normally seen in an 80-year-old patient. And I'm only 61. So that, tell, so that that tells you right there. You never know, guys. You never know. You know, we always tell you to be careful of your health and everything. And I'm living proof of it. I mean, if I wouldn't have, if I wouldn't, if I wouldn't have gone ahead and paid attention to something that was going on, and had it checked out, you know. I literally could have gone blind in eventual time. But now I won't. It's great. I mean, you know, right right now of course I've, you know, only got one eye that's right, the other eye, you know, <laughs> obviously needs correction, so it's still, you know, it's not in focus yet. But the right eye, it's fantastic. I mean, I now have 2025 vision, which I have never had in my entire life. Not even, not even with vision correction, glasses are kind of, I never had 2025 vision. So it's 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 brand it's brand new. It's amazing. Um, my wife sat there, and the way she describes it is that I'm like the baby who gets the cochlear implants. And here's his mother's voice for the first time, and that. So when I get to when I get two good eyes, oh my gosh, it's going to be the most unbelievable thing ever. You're going to see parts of your wife you forgot about. <laughs> or probably, or probably didn't, or probably didn't even know existed in the first place. <laughs> Uh, honey, what's that pimple over there? And she's <laughs> yeah, exactly. And fortunately, she's not she's not listening to to me right now, so she's, <laughs> she's not uh, she's not hearing she's not hearing me say this. Otherwise, I think uh, you would hear you would hear me getting beat up live on the air. <laughs> Probably. Um, I want to remind uh, everyone to mark their calendars now because our five year anniversary spectacular is coming your way. Uh, we are not doing three nights. We have wanted to do three nights. Uh, we decided against it. We're going to go ahead and do another two-night event. It's going to be uh, Tuesday, Which October 2nd, easier on us. And, when, and Wednesday, October 3rd um, will be our anniversary, and we would invite everybody to come out and join us. Um, we don't have any of our guests announced yet, but I can promise you, everybody by the end of August, we will be announcing some of our anniversary guests. Yeah, yeah. I um, tell you, I mean, we have, if if we would if I would have had the hookup, Sean, we would have actually and figured out the transportation. We would have actually done anniversary live at uh, at Starcast in September, gone a month early. Yes. No. 
you know, um, the, which the I might I might actually still wind up getting to getting to go to that. Um, Bill after is uh, supposed to be uh, looking at that, uh, looking at the possibility of getting me, you know, getting me some you know some passes for it, and that, which uh, if he does, that's going to be cool because um, because what because one of the nights the Starcast karaoke led by which will be run by Bruce Pritchard himself. Oh, that'll be a class act. Um, oh, I, I tell you, I mean, you know, uh, Bill singing, Bill singing Barry Manilow, me singing Neil Diamond, and who knows what else? I mean, you know, and then whoever else of uh, of the boys and you know the girls actually sings up there, it'll be it'll be something. It'll be something. But uh, uh, I definitely, oh, I, you know what though. We got to talk. We got to talk about last Saturday night. Um, well, we will definitely because, get into that in a second because we have some okay. breaking news at this time that you haven't oh. heard. It is being announced at this time out of the Monster Factory, the world-famous Monster Factory, two things. They have struck mm-hmm. a deal with Comcast Cable. They will be getting a television program. Oh, nice. On top of that, Ring of Honor has entered into partnership with, for the Ring of Honor Dojo with four training schools. One of them mm-hmm. is the Monster Factory Run by Danny Cage. Now that I that I was aware of, I did not know if you heard that news today. No, I actually I actually heard that last week. Okay, because I this was just broken today. Um, if you heard no, it last it was week, on, you it got was an on, early head. Well, yeah, Monster Factory. Danny posted on his Instagram account. Um, so that's kind of what's going on we're going to be talk- steve and i are going to be bugging him until we can get him back on i know he's pretty br- busy with all of this but right uh and and i definitely want to get one of his more well-known students on and i have i have been after after him and after him Follow okay ah! danny may have yes danny may have announced something uh earlier, but it was made official today by Ring of Honor Wrestling. Ring of Honor is to partner with four four internationally recognized schools, and the Monster Factory is one of them. We don't know who the other three are at this time. Yep. So, Uh, that's... And that's that's the thing. I mean, Monster Factory has been putting a lot of guys on impact on... Um, oh, in Ring of Honor, um, they just recently had another, um, Ring of Honor, uh, you know, signing from the Monster Factory. So, in fact, uh, one, in fact, one of, uh, Ring of Honor's announcers is actually a Monster Factory grad. Wow. Yeah. Um, so, well, so that, the other that, thing that is, you, yeah. The other thing that we've got with Rudy Boy Gonzalez 
is he says he will be having to put up another banner. It looks like one of his guys is getting some WWE tryouts. So, and another one that we haven't talked a lot about because of all of the heat that's been on the guy, Michael Elgin Mm -hmm. has some students that have gone down to the Performance Center. Oh, wow. Nice. Nice. So, things are... Folks, there's, I'm telling you, before or after SummerSlam, there's a round of cuts coming and a brand new plethora of talent coming in to replace the talent that they cut. Right, right. Well, it, you know, I mean, you know, of course, a few weeks back, um, they had a, uh, they had another tryout session. Um, right. Which probably one of the uh, biggest names and the one who has an actual. WWE connection to them is uh, Chelsea Green. Right. A.K.A. Laurel Van Ness. A.K.A. Zack Ryder's girlfriend. That's correct. So, who um, was actually we will... just literally right down the road from me this past Saturday night. Yes, now you can talk about that. Right. Um, for those who may not have been aware, um, Rise held uh, a uh, a live event in uh, connection with uh, Impact Wrestling um, right uh, down in in Naperville, Illinois, uh, this past Saturday night, which was uh, broadcast live on Twitch. Now they did have some they did have some issues at the very beginning of it, so um, some of the early matches, including. Our uh, friend uh, Kikio, who wrestled uh, um, Josh uh, Josh Matthews' wife, were, were not on. Were, yeah, yeah, we're not on the uh, we're not on the um, live cast, but you could but you can catch it uh, on Twitch, you know, to to watch the replay. But there gotcha. were some. Oh, but there were some. Excellent match on the card. Um, uh, Kylie Ray, Chicago's own, who's uh, right now on her way to Japan with Kikyo, uh, was in uh, was in two matches, a singles and a uh, tag team match, and acquitted herself quite well in both of them. Um, Sue Young successfully defended the Impact uh, Knockouts title against Saria Knight, a.k.a. Paige's mom, in a brutal, and I mean brutal, street fight match. Both women were, both women actually drew blood in this match. And they had a spot where, um, Saria had uh, grabbed a ladder. She also got a very thick rope, um, wrapped it around uh, Sue Young's neck, and um, then proceeded to go up the ladder uh, to a uh, a uh, storage area, I guess, balcony-type storage area, because there was no seating there, um, on the on the upper on the upper level of this of this uh, building, which is a uh, basketball training facility, basketball training and practice facility, and then proceeded to 
throw her off the balcony with the rope around her neck. Mm. And oh, it was it was it was it was quite the sight to see Sue Young with uh, blood, you know, coming out coming out of her head, hanging you know from hanging from a really thick rope, and that until until uh, Syria decided to let go of the rope and she just dropped like a rag doll. It was it was quite um, oh it, it was definitely it was definitely quite the match. And then um, the uh, the main event saw um, Tessa Blanchard take the um, Rise Championship. <clears throat> winning in the last second of a 30-minute Ironman match against Mercedes Martinez, absolutely phenomenal. And I'm still, I'm still not, I'm still not convinced that uh, Tessa knew exactly what was happening because uh, the bell rang and that, and she was wanting to keep going, and the ref had to grab her and said, um, you know, it's over, it's over, you won, and she's just like in absolute shock. Oh, we're well, that's, absolute uh, shock. We also have to uh, congratulate Wrestling for a Cure on over $15,000 raised this season. So congratulations mm. to them on that to fight childhood cancer and uh, be donated to the St. Jude Children's Research Hospital uh, down, I believe. I think it's in Peoria, but it could be in Springfield. Um, I, I could be wrong, but um, well, St. Anyway, well, raised... Jude's, Jude's is in Memphis. They have other research hospitals throughout the states. Okay. Okay. So yeah. they I'm wanted to, to donate. I'm used to, the, to I'm used to the commercials for for you know for donating you know to St. Jude and the ones that have uh, um like Michael Strahan and a lot of the other you know Jimmy Kimmel a lot of the other celebrities on it and of course you know, at the there. end uh, you see Marlo Thomas and of course her her father the late great uh, comedian Danny Thomas was the one who founded St. Jude's. And right. Um, I believe that they wanted to donate it to a hospital that would do something locally to help children in need. So I think that's kind of what they did. They donated it to St. Jude, but it's getting redistributed back in the area, which I think is okay. great. That, um, that is. That's an excellent thing. Um, because it's not an easy thing. Um, there's, you know... We still haven't found the cure for it. Uh, we've got to, uh, not only in children, but in adults too, because it's it's a serious disease, and unfortunately it's taking people's lives. It's taken quite a few of my relatives' lives. So um, it's it's not one of the easiest medical conditions to deal with. It sucks. Um, I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy. Yeah. So... Um, you know, it's just one of those things, but congratulations to them. And, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> and now 
because we're waiting for Bobby Horn to uh, call in. He just sent me a message. He said give him about 10 minutes. So for this next 10 minutes, Steve and I are going to go into this. Ah, why did I type that in? I remembered what I needed instead of typing what I wanted or what I thought I wanted. I would get what I wanted. Because they changed the system. Well, I told you they changed the system. and they. Chip, you know what? Confusing. You just made the list. Oh, no. Uh, here we go. on this matter since he left because the last show he actually did was the show with me when a certain somebody decided to call in and got put in their place. Oh, did he get put in his place? We were so happy about that. So thrilled. Mm-hmm. Um, Paul will eventually come on and say more what he's got to say about that. Uh, but his, Paul's main points were that there was no contract and that if if that individual was the businessman and you know had this big of a problem with it why didn't he take money out of his pocket to take me to court so um i'm sure that ben and jordan and all of them and um you know the whole circle drinking clan as we call them had a nice yeah. laugh on that but we had a nice laugh too because you fucking got put in your place and if Steve wouldn't have gone off as he did, uh, or if you would have actually let somebody else get a word in edgewise, then Paul Eubanks would have had more to tell you. I know it. I've known Paul for several years. Um, and no, he was not there, but he didn't need to be to know what happened. Yeah. Exactly. Um, exactly. You know. Um Steve didn't get a lot of words in because it upset him and got his blood sh- sugar up, but I think Steve agrees with all of Paul's points. Oh, my blood pressure, yeah. And that was the last thing I needed you know, the night before surgery. Uh, so. <laughs> uh, but I believe that uh, you would agree with all of Paul's points. Oh, of course, of course. I mean, I was, you know, I was, part, I was part of the – Organization, so of course I know exactly what was going on. So, I mean, it's uh, it's one of those things, and um, 
I want to let everybody know, because everybody seems to be under the impression that I'm just going to go under a rock and die. That ain't happening. Okay? I'm not even 30 yet. I told Eastman, and I'm telling everybody that's listening here tonight, if it takes me till my dying breath, I will put on a successful wrestling show. Knock on wood, Steve Kane is here to be a part of it. Yep. Because it's going to happen. I know I have it in me. Steve knows I have Why do you think Steve stuck with me this long? It's not just the radio show. Steve knows what I am capable of. He knows yep. what he's capable of with the means that I will give him. And the means I will give him is quality talent to book with, which is kind of what yep. we did before. There was some unquality talent. I'll admit that. I'll be the first one to admit it. Because we got into a rush where guys were jumping on and off Wrestle Wars 2. And I said, fuck it. Whoever needs to, whoever's coming is getting to work. That's all that mattered at that point. Because we had guys that would take the booking one moment and then turn around and cancel the next. Girls, too. So um, we had to do what we had to do with what we had for Wrestle Wars 2. Was it the greatest show we've ever put on? Probably not. But it wasn't that. No. Okay? Yeah. It wasn't that. There was some good stuff on there. The main event was solid because uh, it was set yeah. up right. Yeah. And it made sense. Okay? Unlike the main event we did at Wrestle Wars 1 where I just kind of threw everybody together because we needed the main event because Silas was gone. And yeah. we needed another main event. Because I put Howe on with uh, Mercer early in the card. And yeah. I, that's, that's just the way we did things. Steve Kane did commentary with me for that show. I'll have it up on YouTube eventually. Uh, I'm supposed to be getting the DVD of it. Oh, excuse me. Subway meatball sub is not agreeing with my stomach, and that's not a good thing. Oh, really? Uh, that's unusual. Yeah. Um, right. It might have been the red sauce. Meatball, marin- Meatball marinara is my is my go to sandwich over there. So um, it might have been the red sauce. Sometimes red sauce and me don't get along, but I'll, oh, well, it's, it's going down. Go. It's just giving me it's it's just giving me the burps. Um, okay. You know the thing about going it is going down, this. going down, down. Yeah, you got me doing Led Zeppelin. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the thing about it is this that um, we put on a successful event, and it was successful not because it drew money, okay? I cannot say that we turned a profit off Wrestle Wars 1 or 2. That didn't happen. But we raised money for the charities that we were doing it for. Matter of fact, Wrestle Wars 1, we sold a guitar for $100 that was donated. So that made up $100 of the money that we made right there because somebody wanted the guitar. It was Christmas time. I said, sure. If you want it, it's yours. Nobody bid on it. If you want it, it's yours. Because if, if it goes home with me, it's sitting until the next show. Yep. Um, that's what we do with our donations. If they don't sell at one show, we turn around and save them for the next. The only merchandise that I did not do that with was the uh, Wounded Warrior Project merchandise because that cost me money to get. And I could only get so much of it. Um, like the little, Steve, you weren't there. We had little, uh, you know, the stretchy armbands that were really popular in the early 2000s. 
and everybody was selling okay. them like crazy. Yeah. And they had stuff yeah. written on them. Well, we got a big bag yep. of those from Wounded Warrior Project, and I've got a, right. I just found a box the other day of those. So when we go to do another Wounded Warrior Project event, I'll have that stuff because um, that stuff never goes out of style, okay? If it's mm-hmm. something that's got their logo on it, it's something that I can sell to make a profit on that show and turn around and take that money and give it to Wounded Warrior Project as well, which is the way we've always done things. Um, I cannot say at this time that Wrestle Wars will be coming back right away. It will eventually be back, but it, I have to be honest with people about this, Steve. We have to do what is going to be in our best interest to stay alive. These benefits right. are great, great way of getting media coverage, but at the end of the day, it's about keeping enough money in the company to be able to live another day. And that was right, one of the mistakes exactly. we made before. Um, right. Yep. So we can't yep. we and can't do that again. I love pe- I love people helping people out. That's not it. It's nothing personal. Right. It's nothing like that. It's that we have to limit the amount of wrestle wars we were do we we are gonna do. I think we've agreed upon four uh, once we get up and going in our first year, and um, you know that's that's gonna be it because. I think more than four is overdoing it. And there are so many charities out there that three of them are going to be rotated. But the one that we're going to focus on is there are so many uh, children that go without Christmas and Christmas is always the big thing. The toys for Tot show will draw huge. There's no doubt in yeah. my mind about it. I've never done it, but I've seen it done and I've seen it work. Um, and I know yep. a lot of promoters have I've, done it. I think they're most. I've been, I've been involved with Toys for Tot shows probably, you know, since since the beginning of my career. Because with Windy City, um, every December we did Toys for Tot show in Rosemont. And then um, when I was uh, with uh, Chicago Style Wrestling, uh, our last show of my first, you know, of the, of the first uh Part of the of my time with that company was the Toys for Tots show, and, well, and that was just, uh, yeah. That's just it. It's it's giving back to the community because here's the thing: if the community doesn't know I'm there, and I'm I'm going to shoot from the hip a minute. The problem that AAW has with LaSalle is there's not a lot of people that know that from this area that know that they're there. Because they don't care to advertise to the local people. They have their little niche market. They don't care to advertise to the casual fan. Again, they have their niche market. Okay? That's leaving a shit ton of people out on the streets that have no clue about you, that are driving, from what I've heard, to Sterling to go to Funky Monkey, and it leaves the whole market wide open here. Um, it's going to take me that, some time to get back on my feet. Uh, um, yeah. It's going to take me some time to get back on my feet, and Steve knows that. Okay, yes, yeah. I fucked up big time in September. But what everybody has to realize also in September is I had two things going on. Uh, I was trying to put on a wrestling show, and I was in the process of moving within like a month. Nobody knew the second part. I kept that hidden. Yeah. Steve knew I yeah. was moving. Few right. people knew that I was moving. Okay, 
That was probably the dumbest move that I ever tried to make. And I'll be honest with you. Because you don't, you don't go and try to buy a house and run a wrestling show at the same time. It doesn't work. No. One's going to no. steal from the other. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to make things rough. And um, unfortunately, things got rough and I had to cancel September. But I can tell everybody now, and Steve can attest to this, if we would have ran Wrestle Wars 3, there would have been at least 300 paid asses in those seats. At least. Yep. Yep. And if there, and and if there if would have been... And if we would have done that December show based on... Oh, and yeah, I'm going to pat myself on the back and brag a little bit. The way I wrote the, the way I wrote this show, by the time we got done, the, you know, each person tell one person, we'd have, we'd have had, we'd have had five to 600 in, in that building in December. Because, because they would have been wanting to know, oh my God, what is going to happen next? Absolutely, we had something and that, set. We had something set up that was just absolutely going to blow the people's minds. And here's the thing: we have another competitive uh, competitor in the area. Okay, Tim Lyle, I knew was going to be done. I knew Tim Lyle was going to sell. I knew that before anybody knew that because, FYI, Tim offered me power to buy Powerhouse on many different occasions and I turned it down. Yeah. Because I was not I did not want Powerhouse. I did not want the name. The belts looked pretty. Those belts were always pretty. But yeah. Powerhouse say what you want about the RWF name. It may be tainted, it might not be. But I, I yeah. compared that to Ian Rotten and IWA Mid South. And all of the bad things that IWA Mid-South has done in its 20-year existence and still lived on. Yeah. If a company can take a lashing like that, my company can take a couple of lashings and come back. The problem that I had with Powerhouse is he, for what, the third or fourth time, ran the company into the ground? Yeah. Yeah. And was like, here, buy this for $6,000. No, it's a failing company. The only asset that he had that was worth any money was the ring and the belts. The name meant nothing. If he would have had the tape library, because I I told everybody last night that there's going to be a night that you and I pick out, and Katie is just going to sit back and listen. We're going to tell the history of wrestling in the Illinois Valley. I'm going to dig through yeah. the archives that I can find online with you, and we're going, to, we're going to hash it all out the best way that we can. And there were so many legends that passed through this town. So many legends. People have to realize, in LaSalle, Peru, Illinois, wrestling has, in the whole little area around here, the whole little circuit, you could call it, wrestling has been here since 93 on the independent level. 93. Mm-hmm. Folks, we're talking a shit ton of time. Shit ton of people. Kane wrestled here before he was Dr. Isaac Yankum. He was the heavyweight champion here. Everybody that's from here from the 2000s knows that CM Punk was the champion here. There's yep. history in this area. 
Right. If somebody right. had the tape library, it would be priceless. You could, I think you could make a killing with a tape library if somebody had it. Yeah, between, Even if somebody between, had the, powerhouse, between the powerhouse and Dreamwave libraries, you could sit there and you could, and you could put those suckers on SmartMark Video, Sean, and you could literally make tens of thousands of dollars off of it. Well, and that's just it. Dreamwave has got their stuff on SmartMark. I'm talking about old RCW stuff. I'm talking dream, uh, powerhouse. Yeah, I'm I, talking... right. Yeah, RCW. I, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I, yo, I, I Dreamwave, should know RCW because, of course, you know, it was RCW that was forming while, well, we were still the big thing in the central Illinois area. That's correct. And then RCW oh. came to LaSalle, Peru, and kicked Tim's ass, and it was, it was bad for a while. Yeah, uh, yeah I heard unfortunately. Stories, I heard stories that the opening of RCW was the demise of Tim having the training school in Spring Valley. Um, I don't know if that's true or not. I don't know if you could mm, shed any light on that. Well, actually, actually, actually not, actually not really. Um, I mean, it was a case that, you know, I mean, Tim owned that building, but it just, I mean, you know, the building needed a lot of work in that. Plus, it was, you know, I mean, it was it was a drive. So, um, you know, so what happened was the pizza place that uh, was our primary sponsor and that um, the owner, L like Tim, and so he says, here, I'll tell you what, I'll let you use my old building as a, as a, uh, you know, for, for a training school and that. And so hmm. we actually, we actually had the training school set up in downtown Marseilles for, you know, for probably, oh, I'd say at least a good six to eight months before, before you know, Tim went ahead and you know, at that point said, you know what, hey, I, you know, I'm having health issues. I need to go ahead and and take a break from it and that. Right. So. Um. And and you know the we get talking about it again, and I got to message somebody. Okay. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, while, while you do. Yeah, go ahead. No, uh, 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 we're going to do this last little segment. Uh, PWX is returning this Saturday. I have seen no flyers. I was in Ottawa twice this week. Saw no flyers. Um, Anybody that's seen their flyer, there's a watermark in it. Oh, my God. I showed it to Steve. I I showed it to my brother, and I showed it to Steve. Instagram, and it's pathetic. It is pathetic. Um, they changed the after party location to Rosati's. The after party is no longer going to be in the strip joint. That's true. Um, I don't, I don't think that that's going to work because I don't think anybody's bringing their kids. So that was yeah. kind of a moot point. Um, and you know, uh, Steve and I are not done making phone calls to a certain lawyer. 
Um, yep. Because I'm tired of them using old relics that they have nothing to do with. Yeah, which they have no legal copyright to. Somebody else does. Jimmy Smooth wouldn't know Greg Gagne if Greg Gagne came up and slapped him in the face. Nope. Nope. And I'm sorry. We Yes, we did have him on here. Uh, I, he called in, and I let it go, and we got some good stories out of him. But unfortunately, the man that has been more sued more times by WWE than I think Hulk Hogan. Yeah. Dale Gagne, or as he claims to be, uh, whose yeah. real name is Dale Gagner or something like that. Gagner, yeah. Um, you know, he does not own the rights to that. He never did. Okay. He ran AWA stuff for a long time and got sued in the early 2000s and threatened by Vince and attorneys and taken to court. And uh, it was a mess. But, um, you know, there was some good talent that came out of there when he was running um, that later went on to be Chicago stars. One of them was Priest. Um, Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah, you know there were I mean, some others, yeah. but yeah, at the end of the day, Smooth is using all of those guys. Okay, I'm not I'm not gonna bash on your friends, the Twin Turbos, Steve, but let's pay, let's face it, their days of prime are pretty much over. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, this is not WWZ anymore. Nope. I think you could agree to that. Um, oh, absolutely! I, I'm, I'm the first one who will. You know, uh, Floyd I mean, is getting up there in age. You know, here's the thing: I don't have a re- problem with wrestlers that are older. I have a problem when you have a roster full of wrestlers that are older and nobody young on the on the roster, and the whole thing looks like a s- slow ballet. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you you can't. Mm, but you can't have it so rushed with these young kids that they're going out and doing what uh, happened the other night at the G1 special, where a guy yeah. almost broke his neck and Jr. was injured. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Got to be a happy yeah. medium, folks. I'm, I'm going to tell this story again because Steve didn't get to hear it last night. The first time I met Crazy Luke Graham Jr., I thought he was an absolute lunatic. And here's why. Because for 10 minutes, he held a hold and sang, row, row, row your boat to the fans. I didn't understand the psychology. It took sitting with Big Daddy and a few of the others in the roster to get the psychology in that. I'm going to let Steve explain the psychology in that because he could do it better than I could. Right, right. Well, this is the thing, okay? Now, because Luke was working, I think, what, semi-main, if I'm, if I'm remembering it correctly. Yes. And so, and so the whole point was he had to get the crowd back down to a level to where 
when the main event came into the ring and they started doing their stuff, then the crowd would really get up and would really pop for it. If you sit there in the semi-main and, oh, put on a five-star spectacular, you killed your main event. Yep. And so, and so, so Luke did this to get the crowd back to a level to where when the main event came on, when they did something big, boom, the crowd was, the crowd was going to go for it really, really huge and that. But there's more psychology to it than that. A wrestler right. today but, I mean, that's would a, not that's travel. Ba- that's the basic of it, too. A wrestler today would not grab a hold for 10 minutes and do that. Because kids that are getting trained today have no fucking clue what the psychology is in all of that. Oh, God. And it's just like Steve said. Go ahead, Steve. They don't even want to pay their dues to earn their way into the, into the business. I, um, I, was, I was on Instagram today um, with somebody uh, with, uh, in fact, it was uh, um, Kakoa who's been on our show and right. um, they, and, and so um, it was, it was a wedding picture of, you know, of uh, one of, uh, of one of the boys and his, and his new bride who is also, a, is also a wrestler. And they actually got married in the ring, which was something that I will admit I had, we had considered doing, you know, although what although like I say we wound up doing the Scottish thing and that. Um but I had mentioned on there that when I was paying my dues to earn my way into this business, I which I put in parentheses something these young kids don't know anything about these days. Yes. I did it I did it by taking pictures at ringside and you know and and having and having the guys learning that oh that they could trust me that I was you know that I was with them I was not going to spill out secrets or anything like that oh that hey you know what happens in the locker room stays in the locker room oh None of you know, none of it. None of it goes outside of there, and that. Right. And so. Well, and that's the whole thing is this. Uh, I knew how to chain wrestle. Okay, there are some people out there that are still teaching chain wrestling. There are some out there that aren't. There are some that yeah. have no fucking clue what good chain wrestling is. If you can work a crowd for ten minutes to fifteen minutes off of chain wrestling, then you can produce the 30-minute match. Because if you're going to go out there for 30 minutes, like AJ Styles or like Seth Rollins and Dolph Ziggler are going to do this Sunday, you've got to stretch it any way you can. That's one way to do it. 
crowd might get pissed off at you for the first couple minutes. But you give them a good back and forth, and you give them oohs and ahs, and then you go back to that fucking hold. And you hold that hold. People don't understand that these days. Exactly. Uh, I got to screen this caller. I'll be right back. All right. Um, okay. Well, while Sean's doing that, uh, got some got some major news that uh, broke today concerning the May Young Classic. The first entrant has been announced, and folks, this is going to be a shocker. Motherfucker! Um, a shocker. Surprise! <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead. Celeste Bonin, a.k.a. Caitlin, is returning to WWE as yeah, the first name, as the first entrant in the May Young Classic. Yeah, Steve, Steve sent that to me this afternoon uh, via text message, and I was like, dumb. Yep. <laughs> Good evening, folks. You know who I am. I don't have to tell you. Thank you, darling. Yep. 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 She's here for mm-hmm. a little while anyway. Um, yeah, a little bit. And, and Bobby Horn will be with us in just a couple minutes. Uh, he's got something going on, uh, but he will be here. He's assured me he will be here, so we just have to hang tight on that. Uh, Katie, we were talking about the difference of wrestling in the 80s and 90s and now and how kids today oh. wouldn't know how to hold a hold the way Bret Hart used to hold a hold or Bob Backlund used to hold There's a hold. Just, yeah, yeah, or I was I was just thinking of this yesterday, as a matter of fact, how different things are. And, I mean, it, go, it goes beyond that, you know. It, what really, the, the, yeah, I mean, they, they know nothing about Stu Hart's basement. Okay, they know nothing about Stu Hart's basement and the nightmares Owens used to have from hearing them scream. Um, Bob Backlund, yeah. he, if, if he put that cross chicken Brett wing on you, you to, were done. Right. You were Brett done. Going to school, Brett going to yeah. school with, uh, you know, with broken blood vessels in his eye yeah. Yeah. From, uh, from practicing down in the basement with his dad. I mean, this, is, this yeah. is the thing, folks. And you've got trainers out there that are training people wrong. And, Steve, I talked on this last week. There are now three promotions running in Cottage Hills, Illinois. Oh, my shit. Three. I don't understand why. I really don't. I don't get it. And guys like Gavin are working down there for one of them and other legit guys. And I'm sitting there and I'm going, Why? You're in a building that can hold 50 fucking people. 50 fucking people. Come on now. 50 people? Really? This is, this is the bitch that I gave grunge when he told me he was opening in the school, and then I went online and looked at the school and saw how small it was. Because that was Steve. You should have heard Steve Kane's reaction. You should have heard Steve Kane's reaction after I told him I sent guys down there. And he got online and looked at pictures of that. That's what we sent yeah. our guys to. Yeah, it's I'm not looking big. and I'm like, it's like I'm like, we sent them to train in a broom closet. What is this crap? 
And they're running. I don't get it. I'm not. I'm not dissing on Joey Grunch. He's got a great thing going. He's run another town. But, but if you're drawing, like Katie and I said last week in our hot topic, if you're drawing less than 150 people, what the fuck is the point? Like, just give up. Give up. Yeah, like the, the footage you sent me, and there was like what? Um, if, if they were lucky, they had ten people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And everybody's like, "Oh, Sean, yeah. you put up a video. You put up a video on YouTube, but you working in Iowa and taking a chair shot, and there weren't there weren't a lot of people there. That wasn't on That's me. So what? My job. My job was to we show all, okay. up. I was living in Illinois. That show was in Boomfuck, Iowa. I drove there and got lost three times trying to find the damn wait, place. Wait a second. Wait a second. Is that is that, is that anywhere? Is that is that where anywhere near parts unknown? Yeah, actually, 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 you take the Holly Hobby course to parts unknown and turn left on Buckfuck, Idaho. Uh, yeah, oh. it was bad. Yeah, it was no, wait, no, wait a second. You're supposed to, according to Bugs Bunny, you're supposed to take the left turn at Albuquerque. At Albuquerque, yes, <laughs> at Albuquerque. <laughs> um. It, yes, it was I'm one of Big Daddy's, age, folks. It was one of Big Daddy's bright ideas to run. Uh, Katie, you are not home, so you can't screen. I'll be right back. Oh, it's fine. Okay. All right. Okay. Yeah, so, just me and show hubby. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly. <laughs> yes, yeah. I'm, I'm here. I'm alive. Yeah. Oh. You know, <clears throat> you're live and you're I well. can. I can. I can almost completely see. Yeah, I was I was saying. Um, in, okay, sorry, in, folks. We're going to get a little family talk here. I was saying, Deshaun, I forgot to talk to you about it. My doctor had the same procedure, and he was back to work in four days. <laughs> yeah. Well, I didn't. Yeah, you know, he I did, mean, but he did both. Right. See, I yeah. Now, see now my now my ophthalmologist does not do that. He take he takes the you know he takes a couple of oh a few weeks off and that. Now I. Um, I just I just well, filled kinda... out my uh, my uh, charts uh, the other day for for my you know surgery on the 23rd, and so it's like you know I just I I can't I can't wait that 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 you know couple hours of discomfort. Um, Someone's knocking at the door. The... Someone's ringing the bell. Ah. Ladies and gentlemen, without any further ado, <laughs> it is our guest of the evening. Uh, we are not going to be taking a song break at this time. We will be taking one later. Nope. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome back to the airwaves, Sir Mo. Good evening, Sir Mo. Bobby, Bobby how on, are you? How, how, how are, are you feeling, man? Yeah. I'm doing good. How are you feeling? Uh, what are you saying? I mean, I feel well, real good, guys. Oh, I just yeah. You know, what I tell you, I mean, yeah. You know, of course, the last time we talked, you were still you were still on the waiting list. You know, now it's you know the procedure's been done and everything. You know, yeah. so I, how you, I mean, it sounds it sounds like it sounds like things are really going well with you on this. Hey man, I have truly been blessed, man. Uh, Friday will be four months. Excellent. Wow. wow. 
I definitely want to thank you for calling in tonight, Sir Mo, because I know you had some things going on, but uh, you're you're a man of your word, and you said damn well you would be here, so you're here. Uh, we're thank we're grateful to have you. Um, I, I called in right on time. I kind of put in a description for everybody uh, that's listening, uh, it, because this is online. If you're listening on your tablet and you can't read the description, don't worry. We'll do a sh- short synopsis of Moe's career. Uh, Moe was trained by Ivan Koloff, Gene Anderson, and Ole Anderson. Uh, now. Debut in, nine, in 1991. He would get his chance with the USWA in 93. He would later go on to WWE of, in later 93 to 1996. Moe would work the independent circuit from 95 to 2016 or 15, excuse me, when he retired for the first time. In 2005, I'm sorry, 2006 is when he retired the first time. In 2015, Mo came out of retirement and made some sporadic appearances. Mo has been promoting for quite some time now with his SOAR Championship Wrestling, and uh, as we just talked about, he did just have a kidney transplant. So we're going to talk about all this with Sir Mo tonight. Um because there's stuff that we have never got to talk to you about before. And um, I, I just want to congratulate you on the kidney transplant first and foremost, because uh, people don't know that there are a lot of trials that you have to go through being on that list. And it, it can be sometimes a challenge. Uh, Katie and I have a friend that's on dial- dialysis. I believe yep, she's waiting for a new kidney. I believe she's waiting yep. for a new kidney. So, um, you know, yeah, today you're was an inspiration day. story. She's, she's feeling, today was Steffa's dialysis day, actually, and she's feeling a little rough. But, yeah, she, um, Steffa's does dialysis three times a day, three times a week, excuse me. Yeah. And uh, you're definitely an inspiration. I have kidney disease yeah. myself. I'm hoping uh, it never comes to dialysis or any of that. But, um, you know, definitely an inspiration you are. To be able to, you need to change your diet. You know, live with this and um, pull through. Not let the disease that become you. Um, yeah. You overcome the disease. You're and a fighter. I'm not worried great. about you overcoming this. I'm not worried about it at uh, all. You're a fighter. Uh, so I want to talk to you about training with some of these people that Steve Kane uh, kind of drooled over when we first got you on air because these are guys that Steve Kane looked up to. Ivan Kolar, right. Gene Anderson, and Ole Anderson. Uh, Steve, I'm going to let you take this part of the interview, my friend. Well, I mean, you know, because when you, when you mentioned Ivan Koloff, um, I grew up watching Ivan Koloff because um, when I first discovered wrestling in the early 70s, Ivan had just left uh, New York, and I'm showing my and I'm showing my age because instead of saying WWF, I'm saying New York because we always called we always called the WWF New York and NWA or WCW Atlanta because that was where they were basically headquartered out of. But um, Ivan had just left New York and uh, had started working uh, in Minneapolis for Vern Gagne. So oh, wow. 
I, you know, so I, like I say, I spent a lot of my formulative years you know, learning about this business, watching Ivan Koloff. Uh, and I mean, you know, what type, you know, what type of, what type of trainer was he like? I mean, I know, you know, obviously most trainers run through, they teach you the basics, running the ropes, how to take a bump and you do your, you know, your drills, your, da- your drop down drills, your leapfrog drills, your vertical drills and all of that. What was, what was Ivan's um, type of, uh, you know, training regimen like? that well by the time we uh got to ivan we had we had okay. uh, we had learned all the basics uh oh okay ivan, okay ivan ivan more or less taught us uh psychology you know oh, what we do excellent. what and why we do why we do things and the order in mm. which we should do them Oh so I, man, Ivan, Ivan was real, real big on storytelling. Yes, yes. And he and and, and 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 as tough as he was on TV, you know, mm-hmm. he was he, he was very soft spoken. He was very yeah. soft spoken. So. Okay. Wow. Oh. I mean, so. Let, so let's talk, let's talk about so let's talk about you know how how Ivan taught psychology and the and the and the and the way to tell a story in the ring then. Well, it was, it was more of a the biggest thing was he talked about. Uh, you know how you know how in the wild wild west uh wild, you, walk wild west. The saloon, you walk into the saloon and and you find the person that you want to challenge you don't just pull your gun out and shoot them right you know what i mean you, oh yeah you, you 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 have to talk them into a fight yep and that that was his philosophy you know you don't just get in the ring and fight somebody you got to draw them into a fight Yep. Yep. So that, that that basically was that basically was his method, you know, was not to just go in and fight. You gotta you gotta you gotta lead up to the fight. You gotta you gotta make people understand why are you fighting? What why why are you why are you guys fighting each other? What's yeah. the purpose? What's the point behind it? You know? Is it because mm-hmm. because we're fighting for these belts over here? What if what if there are no belts? Then why are we fighting? And so we have to tell that story first. Okay. Yeah, this okay. is true. Somebody's sick. No, it's, uh, my girlfriend just gets coughing from allergies. That's all. Oh, okay. Yes. Um, She's okay. You know, that's the thing. That's the thing today, Mo. These kids don't know. We were just talking about it before we you came on air. Uh, I'm good friends with Crazy Luke Graham Jr., and I don't know if you've ever heard of him or not, but, um, uh-huh. you know, he, uh, he, when I first met him, I thought the guy was an absolute lunatic because he sat and worked in the ring for 10 minutes with a guy and held the hold and saying, row, row, row your boat to the audience. And he was like, first 
uh, one match away or two matches away from the main. And I didn't get it. It didn't make sense to me. I'm sitting there calling this on commentary and almost having a stroke because I don't know what to do. Because I've never witnessed this before in my life. And it took a good majority of the roster sitting with me and explaining to me why that was done and the reasons why that was done. Kids today would never understand that. You can't teach it to them. You cannot teach psychology. Uh, You can try, but a lot of these kids don't get it. They think wrestling is a bunch of moves, and it's like you just said. There is a story. There is a point. There is a method to the madness. And too many people in today's age think it's all about the moves and, and having flashy characters and flashy costumes, and they forget that they're out there telling the story. The whole purpose of them being in that ring is to entertain the crowd, not entertain the boys in the back, not entertain themselves, not entertain the referee or the promoter. It's about entertaining the people that are paying to come see it. And if you're not doing that, you need to get the hell out of the business. I mean, you know, I... I, I I think I've seen so many. I, I think I've seen enough trainers training people the wrong way that I I can't beat my head against the wall anymore when it comes to that. Because I I say it like this: if you're not getting trained by somebody that has been to the dance, you are never getting to the dance. Okay, I'm not saying that Joe Schmo doesn't have connections because it could happen. Money talks, but. If you're training with somebody like a Sir Mo, if you're training with somebody like a Rudy Boy Gonzalez, if you're training with somebody like a Danny Cage or a Harley Race, I believe Harley Sun took it over now, then right. you're training somewhere legit. You know, I think Dory Funk is even still training. So Yes, he is. Uh, um, you got to go to somebody that's been to the dance if you want to make it to the dance. Otherwise, you're not getting to the dance. If you want to be a local uh, wrestler, great. Go ahead, Mo. Okay. Go okay. Ahead. Uh. Okay. So. Let me let me let me uh. Let me mention something about that. So, I'm in Dallas, Texas, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a guy that runs a school here that trains a lot of people. Right. And he and he and he's never been to the dance. Okay. I can think of five or six people that's either in Lucha Underground, Ring of Honor, or Impact Wrestling that he had a hand in training. Okay. Nice. Nice. There are exceptions to that rule. Okay. Okay. There are exceptions to that rule. Very few. Uh, Very few. Because... I'm, I'm going to put it to you, like, like I was just going to say, Mo, if you want to be a local wrestler, then go get trained by somebody that's going to train you for 400 bucks. Okay? Uh, that's, that's terrible. And there's a bunch of them out there. <laughs> there really uh, is, man. I can, yes. Yeah, I, I can, know it. I, I preach I from the truth. I experienced it myself. 10 or 20 students tomorrow if I charge that much. <laughs> probably do. Um, you know, and that's just it. Wrestling is not meant for everyone. Uh, it's, <laughs> I am tired. You know, I talked about this a couple weeks ago that 
too many promoters and trainers have kind of not guarded the business into who they're letting in the training facilities and who they're letting into their doors. And what I mean by that is these guys aren't athletic. They look like they came out of a local trailer park. And if you live in a trailer park and are listening, I mean, no disrespect to you, but it's a term of expression. And they, they don't understand. And there's promoters out there that don't understand booking their shit is not going to make them money. Right. It's not the same way having 20 guys or even 10 guys that are older and their prime has passed, 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 and they're still clinching and hanging on to the spotlight. I'm not saying you don't need a couple veterans in that locker room to regulate things. That's not what I'm saying. But you can't have 10 to 15 of them that are slowing down the show. Right. Yep. The end. And like we just saw at New Japan this past weekend, you can't have a guy, a lot of guys doing all these flippy, crazy moves because people get hurt. Yeah. So what, so what, what, was, the, what, so what was the outcome of that? Uh, let me see if there's any update on that. Good thing I have Google in front of me. Uh <laughs> He is back in Japan at this time for continued treatment of his G1 special injury. It is unconfirmed at this time if he did or not did or did not break his neck. He was transferred on a special plane uh, from the United States back to Japan to accommodate his uh, neck injury. So uh, it's sad, but I'm you know. You can't go that style forever. And uh, I've seen so many guys that say, I want to work that style, or I want to work the deathmatch style. And I'm going, there's no longevity in it. Look at Ric Flair. Look at at Ric Flair, okay? Flair wrestled for how many years? Decades. Funk. Right. Funk was a crazy mother freaker uh, a lot of the times. But... Funk made it through the decades. I think Funk would still lace up the boots today if he could. He would. Uh, so, you know, that's it's, it's one of those things. You didn't have guys like that going out and doing all this stupid crap. I was just complaining to Steve that I saw a guy jump off a entranceway onto a tra- uh-huh. with another guy into a trampoline of barbed wire. In front of like maybe right. fifty people, right? Maybe fifty people. Like, come on! And they're calling it wrestling. Yeah. Can we call that something else? Can we call that anything but wrestling? Can they get a? You know, MMA came up with their own stage, the octagon. Can this backyard, this backyard wrestling horseshit, create something else to wrestle in besides the wrestling ring and call it wrestling? Oh, we're wrestlers, brother, because we go out there and bust brother, each other brother, with brother. light tubes and, and, and barbed yeah. wire. Brother, and brother, brother. Thunk- brother, brother, brother. <laughs> and Can I have a drinking game, damn it. <laughs> thumbtacks and, uh, you know, let's let's walk around in a, in a tub of lemon juice right after we cut up our feet on the hot coals. No, My that's God. okay. No, 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 I'm trying to cut down. No, it's okay. <laughs> I... I and there's people that pay to see this shit. 
That's the, that's the more. Yep. That's sadistic. That it just sounds Don't like a Japanese game show. Don't get me wrong. I love a good hardcore match every now and again. But there's the time. There's it needs. It can't be blood for the sake of blood. The storyline no. has no. to call for that color to come. Because if it doesn't, yeah, I love me. I love me some hardcore. I love me some hardcore, but in its place, not just hardcore for the sake of hardcore. You know. You know, it's. It's uh, give me some tack. I, I can sit here all night, but I'm not going to. Um, so you know, Mo, <laughs> you, you worked with some of these people that have really helped you become one of the best wrestlers of the '90s. That I believe didn't get a fair shake because you know they were they were after Mabel. You were kind of the side thing of Mabel. I love Mabel to death, and I'm not calling you a sidekick, but you were. Um, in many ways, yeah. and they didn't—they didn't, they didn't give you a fair shot. You know, yes, they did a lot of great things with him, but they kind of left you on the side notion, and then we're like, "Oh, we got mm-hmm. nothing for you." And then they brought him a couple back and repackaged him a couple years later as Viscera. Great gimmick for him, but that left uh-huh. him kind of out in the dark, and it wasn't fair that you had all this great potential training behind you. And had really made something special with men on a mission, and kind of just Vince just went, eh, I'm done with you. <laughs> it kind of yeah. sucked. And, and I, it would have been let, nice. Let me, it let, me been, set, let, me ahead, record, let me set the record straight on that, all right? Dude, okay. See, a lot of people, a lot of, a lot of people don't know, man. A lot of people, a lot of people, they have assumptions, and you know. You know, they come up with all kinds of theories and scandals and all kinds of stuff. So let me just let me clear the record on on the whole WWE uh, men on the mission viscera thing. Let me let me let me kind of clear the air on that. You know, uh, so when, when I left WWE in '96, I left right. there knowing. Knowing that I was I was not going back, and, right. and when I say I left there knowing that I was not going back, I voluntarily left on my own, just like in '96. Nelson voluntarily left on his own. We left okay. on our own in '96, and and I left knowing that I wasn't going back simply because it wasn't about the company, but it was about me, and and I had allowed this business to get so so enthralled in my brain that at one point I was I was I was suicidal. And so oh my God. when I so when I woke up from that man. and I man, thought, man. you know, anything that makes you want to kill yourself, you know what I'm saying, you don't you don't want no right. part of it. And so so when I left mm-hmm. there I told myself that I didn't want to be in an environment not that not I'm not talking about WWF was the environment. I'm just talking about wrestling and me not having control of what I'm doing. Is is, mm-hmm. is the environment that I didn't I didn't want to I didn't want to be in an environment where I didn't have control of of what okay, I'm doing. I, I hate what to my take control. Is. If I could take control you know for three seconds, I just want to say good night uh, to Sir Mo. Yeah, good night. <laughs> All right. Mm-hmm. Thanks for coming out, okay. Sir Mo. Always great having you. Much love. Uh, and uh, he's got to go. Speedy, speedy yeah. recovery. 
All right, boys. Night. Okay. Thank Talk you. Later, Bye, Katie. So, so, oh, so man. when I left, so when I left, I left knowing that I was, I was not gonna take another job somewhere where I didn't have control. Mm-hmm. So you wanted to be in control so of your you you wanted to be in control of your bookings again. You didn't want Vince telling you you got to be here, here, and here at this date, this date, this date, this date, oh, and this date, no, 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 and no, be on no. the road. Okay. No, 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 no. I didn't. I didn't have a problem with. I didn't have a problem with with the road schedule or nothing like that. Uh, for me, wrestling is okay. So if if I decide that I, I want to go work for a month. I want to go work for a month, and then if I decide I want to sit home for a month, then I can do that. You know what I mean? Gotcha, gotcha. It, it, have, it, it had nothing. It had nothing to do with events or the company or nothing like that. It was just my choice of I want to be in control of my life, and I felt like my gotcha. life was out of control, and I was about to kill myself. And so I, you know, the, you know, trust me, I sit at home every Monday night. Uh, with Denise Jones, uh, my new future bride, watch a Raw because she's in oh, love with it now. Congratulations, and I, and, I, and, and I and I hate and I hate I I, I hate watching it because I'm sitting there having delusions of grandeur and wishing I could be there and do it again. But I don't want to put myself. It's kind of like I, I, the best analogy I can give you is. Being a crackhead and knowing that you, you want to stay away from it, and so you don't, you don't, you don't go around cracks. So I know mm-hmm. if I went back and I was back in that, I would, I'd be stuck, and I'd probably end up killing myself. And so that's why I stay away. Mm. Gotcha. That's why you stick to promoting yeah. sore wrestling, which you've been doing that, now for it. several years. Uh, that's it. You know, and, that, and that's it. And so. And so when Nelson went back, so when Nelson went back, when Nelson went back, it wasn't a situation where they said, come on, Nelson, you come back and forget Mo. It was a situation where Nelson wanted to go back, and I didn't want to go back, and so he went back. You know what I mean? Gotcha. So it wasn't a situation where they said, oh, screw Mo, we don't want him, you know, kick him to the side. or No, nah, it, it, it wasn't. It, there's been all kinds of were... stories, but it, it wasn't like that. Uh, and you probably were given contract offers by Bischoff because, let's face it, Bischoff was signing everybody at that point. But you probably turned them down to stay at home. I, I, I you know what? I talked. I think I talked to Bischoff one time, and there was there was no there was no contract offer. There was no contract offer. Uh, the last time I talked to him, the one time that Nelson talked to him, I, I was sitting in the room. They were trying to work a deal, but nothing came of it because some other stuff happened prior to it. So, but man, gotcha. I, I gotta say, man, I've been I've been totally happy with what I'm doing. You know, uh, gotcha. Me and Denise Jones started this company here in Dallas. And I think we've been real successful, and uh, I think there's some big things on the horizon. So I'm happy. I'm not suicidal right now. So hey, that's uh, a, got a new you can praise God for that. I got, I, I got and a new that's another thing. So, you, so, so you know, I'm blessed, man. Yes, you are, and, and you know, I didn't, I didn't mean to twist that in any way that wasn't meant to be twisted. But um, no, no, it's okay. At least it's you okay. Got it's, okay. Re- it's okay. It's 
it's okay. It's just that, uh, you know, now uh, can you, there's can been you clarify so many us? stories out there, man. Go ahead. Can you clarify us uh, for us if uh, Paul Heyman ever called you? Uh, uh, ECW? Yeah. Yes. Uh, uh, one time. I was uh, – do you, do you guys remember the uh, the first ECW pay-per-view in New Orleans where Nelson okay. came out and done the uh, – when Nelson came out and done the uh, Italian thing? When he came okay, out and yeah. the Italian yes. Yes. Yeah. I, yes, I do remember that now that you, now that you mentioned yeah, I, it. Yes. I, I was called to be a part of that. Oh, wow. I was called to be a part of that and then uh, – I don't know. Something happened. Something changed on my way to, to New Orleans, but you know, uh, it just fell through for whatever mm-hmm. reason. Oh. Wow! Now, if you if you well, want to got... if you want to know if you want to know what happened, the only person that I can tell you to, that could probably give you an answer to that, if you ever get to talk to him, is just incredible. So I don't know. Huh. He, he can tell okay. you. Okay. That's he, interesting, he, though. That's definitely – we didn't know that you ever had talked to Bischoff. We had never known that you talked to Heyman. But it's good to know that those contract offers – well, not the contract offers because there wasn't one by WCW, but at least the offers came in. No. Well, the uh, the uh, the uh, Heyman thing came through just incredible. So I, I never nice. personally talked to Paul, but it just being just incredible with friends the whole time he was there. And so gotcha. he called me one day and said he had he had an idea for something, and and I thought we had a a deal. And uh, on my way to New Orleans that weekend, I got a phone call. Something had changed, so I didn't I didn't make it. Gotcha. Now what? Well, it now what cool. changed? What changed? I don't know, but just incredible would know. Right. Because he he probably. He probably is like, oh, brother, something changed, you know, and you're like, I'm in the car on the way there, and you're like, I'm not going now. Like, if if the deal's off, the deal's off. I'm not coming. And I'm the same way. Well, you know, it, if it I'm didn't in the car like right that, now, it was. Go ahead. Yeah, it, it, it didn't happen like that. I was, I was in the car, and Nelson called me and said, hey, man, uh, you don't you don't need to come to New Orleans. Uh, Paul Heyman changed his mind, and I said, "Okay, man, oh. uh, I'll talk. I'll talk to you later." And then I, I went on home, and then I watched it from gotcha. home. And then that's that's when I saw Nelson come out and do the thing. So, you know. Now, people have misconstrued the relationship that you had with Nelson over the years, and uh, okay. have accused you of some horrible things with the benefits that you've yeah. done on Nelson's behalf. Um, can you clear Bruh, the ear on all of that? Because there were people that well, there were I, people that I did, accused, I, Go ahead. I I did one benefit, one benefit mm-hmm. show for Nelson. I did one benefit show, and his wife was at that benefit. And okay. uh, you know when you do benefits, most of the time the talent works for nothing. Right. Most of the time that that benefit, right. every everybody got paid. Few guys. Got a little less money than they was that were agreed on, but everybody got paid. Uh, you can you can talk to Congo Kong; he was on that benefit. Uh, you can talk to the great Malaki in Chicago. Uh, what's that lady that works? 
female wrestler that that I think that's his girlfriend. I can't oh, think of her name. Oh, Grace right Cheyenne. Now. Yeah, Grace Cheyenne. Them, they they were on that show. They got paid. So anyway, so we had that one benefit. Uh, it didn't draw very much. It was it was in a local town there that Nelson had worked a thousand and one times that probably didn't draw but sixty or seventy people. So by the time by the time everybody got paid and uh the guy that was over the build, building I think he gave Cassandra a hundred dollars or something, I think. Mm. That that was all that that was you know, I didn't run the door. I just booked the talent and, and booked the show and whatever. But anyway, so I only ran that one benefit. So and then, then I got accused of when Nelson passed away of taking stuff out of his house, which was totally not true. I got accused of uh, people sending me money to give to her that she claimed yeah. she never got. But yet, but yet and still, yet and still, see, I'm smart enough to cover myself. Yet and still, they I had them contact her because most of it was in money orders. I had them to contact her and say, "Hey, did you receive the money order?" And she agreed on all of it. So a lot of falsehoods, and then you know. I, I caught a lot of hell for that for a long time, but and at first I wasn't going to fight back. I was just going to leave it alone out of respect for Nelson. But it got right. to be, man, where people people were calling me snake and all kinds of shit, man. And I was like, no, nah, I can't. I just can't let people think that I would do my boy that way. If it wasn't right. for me, he he, he would have never even had a service, man. Wow. He would have never had a service. It, it was. You know, she was she was she was she was out of it. I'll use that word. She was out of it the whole time. So you know, she's a grieving widow. So she right. was out of it the whole time. So I, I don't I don't think she knew what who was coming and going during that period of time because she was so out of it. But uh, you know, I got accused of a lot of stuff that just wasn't true. You know what I mean? And uh, so. Like I talked to Nelson the day before he died, man. <laughs> you know, we 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 had a conversation on Facebook the day before he died. I mean, Nelson was like brothers, man. We loved each other. I would have never done anything to screw my own brother over. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's just it. And for, that's just it. And for anybody, and for anybody that believes that, man, they obviously didn't know me and Nelson. You know, so. No. Uh huh. I, I mean, and my, that's just my it. My conscience is clear because I know better, you know. So. Right. Well, and it's yeah. like, it's like yeah. you know, I had talked to you about some of the promotional stuff that I'd done. There was a guy that accused me of stealing money from the guy that funded my half of my second show. He volunteered to put right. the money up. And he's like, oh, you stole it. Well, no. And he's like, yes, you did. I saw Ed pay the boys. That means nothing. Maybe that half of the show was to pay the boys. Unless you were in on that conversation with me and my backer and Ed, you have no clue. Right. Yeah. And, there was, you know, it's like Paul Eubanks. It's all, Paul Eubanks put this guy in his place because he called into the radio show a couple weeks ago. And Paul asked him, he says, was there a contract? Well, no. Okay, then. Shut up. Hey, and that, he didn't like it. I'm glad you said that, right? So, so I was accused of taking all this money, right? The first uh-huh. person that sent me money, the first person that sent me money to help with Nelson's funeral 
was Paul Eubanks. Wow. Paul Eubanks wow. sent me a cashier's check. Sent me a cashier's check for five hundred dollars for Nelson's funeral, and Paul Eubanks called Cassandra and said, "Hey, did you get my check?" And she said, "Yes, I did." But yet still, she goes on all these shows and says that I never gave her money that was hand, you know, that was sent to me from other people. That, yeah, he, wow. That was, that, yeah. That was, that was, that was, yeah, that was totally just that was totally disproven. Yeah. You know? Yep. Just, no, I, you know, I know what you're saying because Bobby, I did, I read some, I read some of the stuff that uh, Cassandra wrote, and I'm and I'm looking and I'm going, okay, there is something, you know, and I don't norm, I don't normally like to say this, somebody, right. but I, but I'm going, there is something terribly wrong with this woman. She's not in. She's not in reality, you know. When she's sitting there saying these kind of things, she she that. wasn't coherent. I'll use the term co- coherent. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. I'll right. Oh, I will. Just yeah. think in terms of. Just think in terms of you're a state trooper, and you stop this car, and the person that gets out of this car can't pass a field sobriety test. Or a blood test. Yep. You see what I'm saying? Oh that, yeah. That that is the that is the wavelength this person was on the entire time mm-hmm. that I that 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 I was dealing with that situation. The the from the day he died to the to the day we had the service. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. And um, I and, and, well, I definitely... and to cover and to cover my back and to cover my back. Some of my friends that I that that were sending the money, I had them sent straight to the funeral home. So I, look, man, go. if I'm trying to take money, if I'm trying to take money, I'm not gonna tell my buddy, hey man, send the money to the funeral home. Here's the number. You know what I mean? I'm right. sending all yeah. the money to me, and then I'll take what I want to take. And because, bro, if if look, the truth of the matter is, Nelson's mom wanted to pay for the funeral. The only thing mm-hmm. that she asked for was for Cassandra to keep the body out long enough for her to come see her son, but she right. wouldn't. She sent the body straight to the crematorium, you oh, know, so oh his God. mom would have paid for the funeral. So she didn't do that. So then we had to raise the money. And then one of my other friends whose brother was a preacher, his church did the eulogy, did the service, and provide the meal for the family and, and the visitors, mm-hmm. you know, and and – Man, it was just a man, and then and then I'm I'm I get accused of all this stuff, and and it was just not true. It was it was, it was not true. Look, my mama's been dead two years now. Mm-hmm. My mama died. Whoops. February wow. February the first February the first, two thousand sixteen. Mm. You know what I mean? Oh wow! And yeah. so so you know my mom's been dead two years. And, and okay. I miss my mom like I, I can't tell you how much I miss my mom. Oh, but okay. I did yeah. not do the stuff that Cassandra said I done, and that's on my mama. You know, mm-hmm. it was just it was just a flat out lie. for a long time, man. I was depressed, man, because I was hearing all that stuff, and then people was calling me low down, dirty, this, that, and the other. Mm-hmm. And, and and at first, man, I was like, I'm not going to respond to it. I'm just going to ignore it. But it just right. got to where, man, I can't ignore it anymore. 
So I so everything everything that I kept screenshotted, you know, as far as reference and stuff goes from Facebook. Right. I posted mm-hmm. it, bro. <laughs> there you go. I I, yeah. I posted it, bro. Everybody that I talked to that I got money from that contacted her and verified that they got the money, I posted. I screenshotted it. I posted. I posted. I posted it everywhere because I was I wasn't gonna get accused of doing something that I know I didn't do. Mm-hmm. You know, right. and and then have the have the world call me a low down, you know, dirty scoundrel. No, mm-hmm. man. right? Nah. Uh. Uh-uh. Uh. No. And no, I, and I only did one. I only I only did one benefit. Now the last couple of years, we we've done we've done remembrance shows, not benefit. Right. Just right. shows. Just shows where we remember we remember now. So we play videos. You know, talked about his uh-huh. career stuff like that. Just remember shows, not not any benefits, not you know, gotcha. it ain't been nothing like that. So anybody that tells that lie, they just tell a lie. We did the one that Cassandra was at, and that was the only one that I done. And then when all that other crap happened, I was like, I washed my hands up. I said, whatever happens to him. Prior to that, I would have done anything in the world for that woman to make sure that she was taken care of since Nelson was gone. Because Nelson yeah. was my boy, but right after she mm-hmm. she told all those lies and put me out like that, I, I I washed my hands up in the whole situation. This is the first time I even talked about her in two or three years. Mm. Wow! And wow. I'm sorry for this digging up the wound, even, Bobby. Yeah, you know, it's not it's not a wound. It's not a That's wound right. because I love Nelson, and what she said mm-hmm. was a bunch of lies, man. You know, it, yeah. it's not a wound. It's the, the the sad part about it is, is all those thirsty ass guys out there, you mm-hmm. know, that was just falling for that trap, falling for that bullshit. You know, sending her money and all this stuff. You know, because they thought, you know, Nelson's gone now. I'm gonna get in her pants or whatever the case may be. You know, and then oh, they right. they fell for that. And everybody's like, oh, poor pitiful for you, poor pitiful for you. But there's me and some more people out there that know better. Right. That no that no better. And and, and bro, me and Nelson started out in the business day one together. And the last right. time I spoke to him and he and I said, Man, I love you, bro was the night before he passed away. Because I wished him an early birthday, happy birthday. And you know, just, we was talking about some stuff that we wanted to do in the future. We were making plans right. to make a comeback, man. We was making plans to make a comeback, but you know, of course, he passed away. That that was the end of that. But you know, he was doing some Africa trips, which the only reason I couldn't do because I was doing dialysis three days a week, so I couldn't do any of those trips. You know, right? So, you know, but you know, we like I said, we were making plans to, to do some stuff, but you know, things happen. I, I'm okay. I'm happy now. You know, me and Denise got sore championship wrestling, and we're trying to do something with it, and uh, we're having fun, and we don't have any other drama. We don't have – we have a great locker room. We got a great crew of guys. So it's all good, man, here in Dallas, Texas. Yeah. Now, let's let's talk about promoting for the last 20 minutes that we've got here live. Um, okay. You are one of the probably one of the most successful promoters out of the Dallas, Texas region, 
because there's a lot of them that uh, try to combat against you, but you have a superior product, you have the community behind you, and you and Denise have really built something that isn't just another wrestling company. You're community-based. You have given a lot of stuff back to the community over the years, as you've talked about before when you've been on this program. Um, right. I think I even saw a picture of you with Santa Claus one year. Yeah, <laughs> we've done it all. Our 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 main thing is our main thing is our shows are one hundred percent centered around children. And every month, Denise hands the parents when they come to the show a behavior form. It's got a list of chores that the kids can do on the front, and on the back, it's got a, a pay it forward. Uh, line and basically mm-hmm. for a month the parents monitor the kids' behavior and then they bring those forms back and we tally up the forms and that intermission of, of every show once a month the boy and the girl that get the, the the high score we award them a championship belt to take home they take home for a month and they got to work mm-hmm. just as hard during that month to come back the next month and try to win it again to take it home for the next month. And and basically that's what we've been doing for the last two years here in Dallas. Every month, two kids, one boy and one girl, wins a championship belt for, for good behavior, you know, for being a good citizen at school and at home. And and the kids love it. And in every show, two kids right. get a championship belt and the rest of the kids might get a bracelet, a bag of candy, you know, Something, some type of reward, you know, and kids, right. kids always get in free to our event. So th- this is what we mm-hmm. do, man. Uh, we uh, we started a nonprofit. It's called Kids K I D S Kids Soar S O A R Incorporated, and Soar mm-hmm. stands for Standing Out Above the Rest. Which you know, Denise came up with that because she's a, I, I guess you can't say former Marine. Once a Marine, always a Marine. So. She believes that yeah. guys in the Marine Corps, guys and girls in the Marine Corps, stand out above guys and girls in the Army, Navy, and Air Force. So that's what she came right. up with that. I'm, you know, I beg to differ with her, but you know, that's them jawheads. They got a different way to think about things. You know, <laughs> but, but you know, that's why we call them jawheads. You know, a little bit, little, little short on brains. So, you know. But 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 everything I'm, I'm, I'm it's glad, all good. I'm glad I'm glad to be sitting here. You say that you probably would have gotten smacked. <laughs> no, she, she's about she's about fifty feet away from me, so she ain't finna get out that bed to come in here and slap me. She wake up <laughs> in there and maybe hit me with a hit me with an elbow or something. So yeah, she don't take that lightly, but but she's serious about that Marine Corps thing, so. Uh, yeah. So. <laughs> um, and you're you're you know I have a little different uh, view on on uh, charging kids because you know uh-huh. you're not going to charge them full price, but you're nope. going to get some money out of the kids because you ca- you got to pay the bills. Um, at the end of the day, of you got to you know you got to pay right. the bills. Um, we yeah. give back yeah. to the kids in other ways. I mean, it we is do, a business. We, when right. we have done uh, Halloween shows, we've given away candy and stuff like that uh, and done yeah. costume contests and things of yeah. that nature. Um, 
That's mm-hmm. the, that's the way you do it. Um, well, I'm not well, saying what you're doing is wrong because it's working for you. No, but up here in Illinois, I, mean, yeah. I charge I, I charge admission for kids because right. there's people that'll pay. And if you're gonna pay, I look at it this way, Bobby. If you're gonna pay to take your child you. to a movie, if you can, of if course. you can pay to take your child to a movie, you can pay to take them right. to my wrestling show. Not full price. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna stick you for the adult price for a kid. Right. But right. I'm gonna stick you for something because a, it, it, it costs me insurance to have them there. You know. Right. And if, uh, if mm-hmm. something happens with a kid. Got to be able to cover the insurance. The You're right. So, exactly. You're right. I mean, uh, people don't understand that about professional wrestling and insurance. They don't understand if something happens, guess what? You still have a deductible that you have to cover to get that right. person Bingo. taken care of. You're right. And I, I hate to say it. I look at, I try to look at business from a bigger standpoint because I uh-huh. want to be here the next 10 years like you. I have made some mistakes, but I'm, I learned from them. And, you know, you and Denise have been promoting how long now? Uh, in Dallas, over two years. I've Where been did promoting wrestling, though, since, ni- since 1996 in Cookville, Tennessee. Wow. Okay. Learned something new every uh, day. I didn't know you were had promoted since so. then. And so, you work yeah. in Tennessee. Oh, yeah. is Tennessee. Is Tennessee a licensed state? No. Uh-uh. No. That's a, that's a blessing and a curse because it allows other yeah. bad promoters in, but at the same time, it's not costing you a fortune to run that state. Um, right. We don't, have, we don't yeah. have the commission here in Illinois either. Steve Kane was – Responsible for getting rid of it, along with Vince. No, but I definitely had right. I definitely had my hand I definitely had my hand uh, in it uh, talking to people that uh, I had on the floor of the state legislature. So yeah, I you know, and since I probably I mean, had more personal relationships, I probably may have had a little more in on it than uh, than even Vince did. Uh, You know, the thing about it is this, uh, regulated wrestling states are great, but there are states out there that are doing it wrong. And one of the biggest examples of that is Missouri. There are not a lot of people that are running and wrestling in Missouri making a lot of money because Missouri is hard. It's a hard state. It always has been. Mm -hmm. It's tooth and nail. I don't think it's ever going to change. It's just going to get worse. Um, yeah, and I think I think some people were complaining because they just upped the security bond with the state from like really? I think they said ten thousand dollars to twenty five thousand dollars. I'm like, Ooh, yeah, right. who, the, who, yeah. The, who the hell has that kind of money? Like, I, uh, uh, wow. yeah, holy cow. I mean, I thought I thought wow. the five thousand dollar bond with the state in Iowa was bad. Yeah. Let alone twenty five thousand to run Missouri. No, thank you. I'll, I'll no stay thanks. in Illinois. Thank you. <laughs> I'll stay in Dallas. I will stay in Texas, buddy. There you go, man. I will Steve, stay. you got anything else for Bobby? Uh, promoting I mean, questions or anything? Well, I mean, yo, know, that's that's one that's one of those things. Um, now, because 
we've talked a lot, Al. We've we've done we've done a lot of talking about this uh, over the course of the years that the show has been on the air about uh, um, the about the forms of advertising and what right. really works and what and what doesn't. Now, um, right. I know our approach has been to use every form of media. In other words. When we when when Sean and I run, we're taking out uh, TV spots, you know, on the on the uh, local cut-ins on Raw and SmackDown. We're uh, right. we're do we're doing radio, plus we're doing social media, and right. that now now uh, is that is that the is that you know plus of course posters. Okay. Not well. So we we still are old school in that we believe in posters. So we do uh, we do uh, social media events, social media ads. We we do a minimum of three thousand uh, handbills, handouts. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't we don't do radio. We don't do radio. Uh, typically, I would do the uh, spots on Raw and SmackDown. Okay. Now, when I was in Cook, okay. when I when I lived in Cookville, Red Cookville, because it's a smaller okay. market, spot on Raw and SmackDown is like twenty dollars a spot. Okay. You're in Dallas. In Dallas I can understand. You're, you're in Dallas. Dallas. It's about it's about two thousand dollars a spot. Holy shit! Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. So it's uh, yeah. That's if you want. That's wow. if you want to cover the entire. That's if you want to cover the entire metro area. Now, if you want, you just want to cover like uh, Garland and Mesquite. It's mm-hmm. about. It's about forty dollars a spot, but okay. you got to spend a minimum of two grand before they'll even sell it to you. Oh, that's oh my gosh! Yeah, see, hey, Sean, how for, much? Uh, how much? How much did we? How much did we pay for TV overall? Uh, uh, you know, we ran Wrestle Wars one. I think I ran uh, Blade sent in two hundred. We sent in two hundred. So we ran four hundred dollars worth of TV for the first Wrestle right. Wars. That was our twenty sixteen return show for Wrestle Wars two. I think I spent six. Okay. No, I didn't spend more than and, four. I, I kept yeah. it at four, and that was because and that was what two and weeks, that was two weeks worth of two weeks of two weeks. That was Raw, uh, ads on Raw and SmackDown here for two weeks. Now, mind you, the market that I'm in is only 20,000 people. So I'm not having right. to hit a whole lot of people like you are down in Dallas. I would be right. terrified at those prices. Unless I've got a sponsor to pay for TV, it, it ain't getting I done. I am. And, 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 I've, and I've told Denise, and she understands why I'd rather live in a little small-ass <laughs> town than big ass Dallas, Texas. <laughs> yeah. So, yep. Because the advertising the advertising is cheap. The advertising is cheap. The town might only be ten thousand, but if I can get twenty percent of that ten thousand to pay two dollars twenty dollars a head, you know what I'm saying? And, and my my talent budget is eleven hundred, then I'll make money every time. You know what I mean? Right. But right. You, you you know. You got a budget. It's, it's just That's different. the whole thing. Well, yeah. it is. Like up here in Illinois, 
my talent budget is like mm, 15. I don't always go okay. to 15, but that's what I allow. Um, and that's with right. no names. That's booking some of the higher quality talent, but some of the lower end quality talent. Because you can't have all right. the hottest stars on one show. Because then you're going to blow your wad off right. at once. And if you do that, then you have nothing left for the next show. So we True. typically run on twelve fifty to 1500 Not over that unless I've got a name coming in because I'm not paying more than that without a name. Um, of course not. That's just what... That's just the way I do it. If, if I can't get 150 people in to pay for my talent, I need to quit. If All I can't right. get 150 people in to cover $1,500 worth of talent at $10 a head, I need to quit. Because mm-hmm. believe me, if you can't draw one, we've said it before. We said it last all of last week. If you can't draw 150 people into a building, you have no business running in the wrestling business. Right. Because you're not making money. You're losing money. Every time. Right. Right. Every every time. And I we have a promoter here in Illinois that drew 30 people. What a sellout crowd. <laughs> oh, my I saw goodness. a lot of people dressed like empty chairs at your show is what I saw. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh, my God. Uh, that's, that's what I saw. And, uh, you know. 30 people, and, and we're raving and ranting and raving. Uh, there was another company that just did a benefit, and it was supposed to, it was their return benefit, and I don't even – Steve, do you think they drew 100 people? Did you have, ever get to see pictures of that, the one in Jacksonville? Um, I have not, but from the descriptions that uh, you've told me and a few other people, it's like, seriously, if they drew 100 – that that was a miracle. Wow! You just you I mean and and people sit there and go, "Yay, we drew a hundred people!" And I love Bob Evans to death, and I'm I'm not disagreeing with his opinion that if yes, you draw a hundred and fifty, you can eventually draw three hundred, but you have to do uh-huh. put the work in to get to that three hundred. You can't just pray to God from a hundred and fifty people you're going to go to three hundred overnight. It don't work like that. Right. And that's the way a lot of these promoters think that it works. I spent $1,700 in September on a show that I had to cancel because I couldn't recoup the money fast enough on pre-sale tickets because I was a dumbass. Right. Oh, we'll recoup all of this in pre-sale. Nope. Pre-sale was shit. And, you know, sometimes in these smaller towns, pre-sale is shit. Your walk-up will be huge. But people, yeah. for some reason, in this day and age, they don't always like buying it in advance. Now, there's another company that ran twenty that ran fifteen miles from the town we were running, and they can do a pre-sale of over a hundred on every one of their shows. And I'm like, well, if I would have had a hundred right. pre-sale, the show would have happened. You know, right? Come on now, right? Pre-sale is pre-sale is hard in this day and age. And I remember right. the days where, you know, you'd go to ticket outlets for pre-sale tickets, and they'd be out of tickets. You'd have to drive around town to the next ticket location and pray to God that they had tickets. It's it's not that way anymore. It could be again. I think it really could, but 
you've got so many people that were let into this business because old timers, not all old timers, but some of the old timers just didn't give a shit anymore. And now we've got guys running around. I think I've told you the story before, Zermo, that we have a guy here in Illinois that used uh, vice grips on his ring and bubble wrap for padding. Yeah. And people were stupid enough to work for him. If I walk into a venue and I find out that there's bubble wrap for padding on that ring, guess what? I'm getting my payday and I'm, I'm walking the hell out. I'm going to ask Denise Jones if she gives that. Denise Jones, do you use bubble wrap for padding on your ring? <laughs> she just, she just laughed. She just laughed. Bubble wrap, man. I'm, I'm dead. I, w- I wish I were kidding, yeah. Bobby. I really do. I'm, I'm dead that serious that I heard about it, and I said, "Why did anybody work for him? Why? If you walk into that a venue crazy. and you know that, why?" Huh. Exactly. I'm gonna risk my I, I, I'm gonna risk my breaking my neck for you for a hot dog and a handshake in front of twenty people. I don't think so. No. Right. Because this That's is a crazy. promoter that does not do his job to get the word out. This is a guy that took a picture that he printed offline and glued it to a piece of paper of Bob Orton and said, he, "Everybody come see Bob Orton." Wow. And made That's copies funny. of that and put in that as his poster. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was the mo- it's, He's done some of the most ridiculous th- things that I could ever imagine in the wrestling business. And somehow people <laughs> still attend his shows. It's probably mostly friends and family, but somehow he's right. still running shows. Workers are still willing to work for him. Oh, we gotta have yeah. somewhere to work. No, you don't. Not that bad. Let him die a slow, miserable death. He'll be one, and he'll be somebody one of the then who's got the tools to do it right, do it, Joe, where you'll have a place that you'll be able to work for a long period of time. I mean, that's that's the whole thing. You do, oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Sean, don't get don't don't get your blood pressure up, man. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, you know, you talk and if you haven't called in yet, we're going to go into a little bit of overtime here. 213-943-3719. You know, we have talked, Steve and I have talked until we are blue on the face about proper ring hygiene. What does ring hygiene mean, Bobby? It means you wash your canvas. You wipe down your ropes. You wash your turnbuckle right. pads. Yeah. I mean, and people don't do this, and then they wonder why guys get staff infections from their promotions. Or we don't take care of the ring. We don't take care of the ring. So the ring, you know, the ring, when we need it, most breaks down. I was at a show a couple months, about a month and a half ago. The ring broke twice while I was there. The last time I was at a show and the ring broke, it couldn't be repaired. I I don't like going to a show where the ring breaks. That is a, that is a sign that the ring has major problems. Yeah. Because if the bottom cable is snapping, if that bo- 
There is no reason on God's green earth that that bottom cable should ever snap. Unless you've got, and no disrespect to Nelson, but if you've got 50 guys that are Nelson sized in the ring, then yeah, that bottom cable might snap. Right. But other than that, you're not going to have a ropes. You're not going to have those bottom cross cables snap. I've never seen that happen in my life. I've, I've seen a guy tighten the thing so bad that, you know, he put too much torque in it and tore the weld off for where the cross cable was supposed to go. That was an interesting experience. But I have never seen the cross cable snap. And if it snaps, you're doing something wrong. Your ring has horrible problems. And then they repaired that. And then we get through the show, and one of the ropes completely snaps. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, yeah. And they don't fix it. They go on like nothing's wrong. They don't have a backup rope or anything. They just, two ropes, that's what we're going to do. Right. And I'm sitting, I'm sitting there calling all of this because I work this show, and I'm sitting here going, if that rope tension would have been built up anymore and what it would have went flying into the front row and hit somebody, that would have been the end of it. Right. But nobody thinks about things like that. And I don't know why. I think of my insurance. Okay. I have to run with mm-hmm. a million dollar liability insurance. It's typically what every venue out there is Asking for right. these days, some venues are two million. Right. You're in Dallas, so they're probably wanting two million where you're at, Bobby. Um, right up here, it's one million. Um, yeah, depending on the here. venue, some of them are very anal and are like, "Oh, we need five do- five million dollar insurance policy." Kiss my ass and get no five million dollar insurance policy out of me. You get a million dollar liability, and you'd be happy with that. Um. And I think Steve Kane agrees with me on that because that's expensive enough. Where'd Steve go? Steve, you here? Um, well, you know, and that's just it. Um, oh. You know, that's well, just we gotta, it. We got to get together and do a show together, man. I'm I'm telling you, uh, Steve, are you still here? Can you hear me? Hold on. Let me see if I can get him in. Yeah, we definitely have to get together and do a show. I would like that. Uh, Steve, I don't know where you went or if you can hear me, but, um, you know, this is definitely, I have talked to Bobby Horn. I actually originally approached Paul Eubanks, and Paul doesn't have a long time, or a a lot, not a long time, a lot of time um, at this time in his life to be able to do anything. He's tied up. Yeah, he's tied up right now. a lot of people have been asking when the return is going to happen. Return can't happen until I have a couple more things in order. 
That is why tentatively at this time I am planning for a spring-summer relaunch. And I'm not going to be doing it on my own. You just heard Bobby Horn say that he wants to come up here and do a show with me. And to all the haters out there, you can now kiss my butt because now I have some of the biggest support that I'm ever going to get. And, you know, everybody thought, oh, this kid's got nothing in him. No, I got somebody huge behind me. And this guy has been promoting since 96 and knows what he's doing. So all the mistakes that I made before won't be made again. And, you know, I got Steve Kane, I got my brother, I got Paul Eubanks helping out and looking over things. He said send him budgets, send him things to look over when we get to that stage. So um, brighter brighter things in the future coming. And um, there's a lot of haters out there. I think Bobby and I both have our fair share of haters, but they're always going to be haters. I do, I do. Yeah. You cannot. I'm I'm here to tell you after 16 years in the wrestling business, I have learned you're not going to change the mind of a hater. You're just not right. going to do it. They're always, if they don't hate you for one reason, they're going to find another reason to hate you. And you go through life having haters. Um, so you, if you don't have a tough skin, you're probably not going to last in the wrestling business. We've said that before. But it's the truth, because I'm, I'm here to tell you, I've been stabbed in the back more times than I can count. I think uh, Bobby's been in the same situation. I know Steve Kane has, and it's one of those things, you get into this business and you think everybody's your family, but you have to watch no. your back. You, you have to have a turtle shell on your back that is going to protect your back from getting the knife shoved all the way through it. Because if you don't, right. you're not going to live. Because this is one of the right. most cutthroat businesses that is out there. Um, and it the, the sad thing about it is the person that you think would least do anything in the world to get ahead on you doesn't. Nine times right. out of ten. Not always that person but nine times out of ten, it's the person that you would least expect of doing it. Or you would hope the most would not be them. So, um, give me one second here, Bobby. I'm trying to get my other co-host. I don't know where he went. <laughs> I hope he didn't. His old lady made him come to bed. <laughs> um you know, it's it's a great uh, time in the wrestling business. I think we have a resurgence coming. Um, I think that it's definitely a time for wrestling fans to get interested in the wrestling business again. If you um, have not been to an independent show in the last year, go out and find one. If you didn't like so-and-so's company... Go find the most local one to you and go see if you like that. Go support local good wrestling this weekend. We used to say support indie wrestling. Support good indie wrestling because there's bad indie wrestling out there and you may not know the difference between the two. I mean, uh, that's that's the truth of the matter. There's 
there's some uh, there's some bad wrestling promoters out there that will give you the lowest quality product that they possibly can and take your money and run. And they mm-hmm. don't care if you're entertained or not. So, Steve, can you hear me now? Oh, I'm going to have to have a talk with him. Boy, oh boy. What a time for him to drop out. Um, so, it's okay. with that being said, well, I just kind of wish he would have been here. Um, as I'd like to thank Sir Mo for his time tonight, a.k.a. Bobby Horn. Uh, for anybody that no wants problem. to get in touch with uh, your promotion, where can they find you on social media or uh, on the Internet? You can look up uh, uh, Bobby Horn on Facebook. Uh, you can look up Soul Championship Wrestling on Facebook. You can look up at WWE Superstar, at WWE Sir Mo on a Twitter. Uh, Instagram is BobbyHorn9797. And if you want to talk to the owner of Soil Championship Wrestling, just look up Denise Jones, D-E-N-I-S-E Jones, J-O-N-E-S, Denise Jones. And that is your contact person for Sword Championship Wrestling. Absolutely. I'd like to thank you, Bobby, and I will be in touch soon uh, with Steve Kane. We'll have a group chat and talk about setting some things up and uh, get that rolling. And I'd like to thank you again for your time tonight. Folks, this has been no uh, Ram- This has been, excuse me, Wrestling Authority Radio here on the Evolution Radio Network, a 2018 Rampage production. Brought to you by all of our fine sponsors and uh, you, the great audience. So I'd like to thank you all for tuning in. Uh, Be sure to tune in tomorrow night for Throwback Thursday. It will not be a live show. It will be a pre-recorded show that we have already done. Uh, I don't know who we're going to, what episode we're going to put up, but there'll be something up for your listening pleasure. Make sure you tune in to Tuesday Night Turmoil this Tuesday night with Aldar Sky, who is going to be outing a Chicago wrestling promoter who tried some inappropriate things with her. And then this this coming Wednesday night on Wrestling Authority Radio, we are going to have Glow Originals from the original Glow. Not the stuff that's on Netflix now, from the original Glow. Um, So that'll be our annual ladies' night. And Steve Kane will be with us, and so will Chaotic Katie. And you never know, maybe Sir Mo might drive back in. You never know who will call in here on Wrestling Authority Radio or Tuesday Night Turmoil. So uh, be sure to join us. You can check us out on social media. We are Evolution Radio Network on Facebook. We are Wrestling Authority Radio on Facebook. And we are Rampage Rants on Facebook. Be sure to follow all three of those. One is the network page, and the other are the two show pages. Uh, We're going to be posting a lot of updates there now that Steve Kane is kind of recovered from one eye surgery. And, um, you know, he'll be back with us. As I said at the beginning of the night, he will be back with us full time the 7th and 8th of August, more than likely. Um, If you would like to send him your well wishes, uh, he would appreciate that. Or um, if you would like to uh, pass those along to Katie and I, we will make sure that he gets them. 
And with that being said, thank you all and good night. Good night. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.